0: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee and this is the Autosport Podcast. It's four in a row for Max Verstappen. On the front row of the grid, it's four in a row for his teammate, Sergio Perez, for not getting through to the final stage of qualifying. And afterwards, Christian Horner is showing his frustration with Max Verstappen's teammate. So the top three starting will be Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. The Red Bull followed by two Ferraris, much like last year uh, in the race, of course, on Sunday afternoon. The Ferraris were very competitive, winning last year. Couldn't believe the start I heard today made sense when I heard it. It was the last time Ferrari won a Grand Prix. Amazing, really. Uh, But yes, this is the grid for Sunday. Welcome to the new sprint format for 2023. Our man at the track is Alex Kalanakis, our Grand Prix editor. So that's our top three. As of recording this, it's going to be at whatever I say is outdated almost immediately. Uh, Max Verstappen has been is in with the stewards right now, so a couple of outcomes: he'll get a penalty for impeding. Uh, it was oh Magnussen, uh, or you won't, and he'll keep his pole. Uh, but either way, uh, let's assume he keeps his pole and uh, and Alex he uh, he didn't, did need to do a couple of runs in Q3, but he looked like he had it all under control. Is that how you saw it?
1: Yeah, hi Martin. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting since uh, since I've departed from the track to reach our podcast recording location uh, that has obviously happened throws a little bit of a spanner into the works but from what I have seen of the video of uh Max Verstappen and Kevin Magnussen at turn one it's the sort of thing I would imagine he'd get a reprimand for so yeah definitely check that out on autosport.com when the decision eventually is made um but yeah Max Verstappen it, it's really interesting obviously you mentioned Sergio Perez uh and Christian Horner's frustrations that he said uh, to the TV cameras afterwards Um, yeah ultimately that is that comes back to your question about Max Verstappen in the final corners Verstappen learned because he got a lap time deleted in Q2 and Perez didn't Perez kept going too hard Verstappen said he put a little bit more margin in and that made the difference. He was just he was just having to adapt. Um, he, he, he claimed even when in the in the post race press conference, he claimed that even in Q2 when he lost that lap time, uh, actually, even then he said he wasn't pushing to the limit. It just it, he unfortunately caught the compression. You know, it's quite steeply downhill in that final corner where it meets the, the flatter, wider bit of the wider line of the track the cars go quite light he said he wasn't even pushing that hard he just got caught out and then from then on he was like right well i really can't push hard and uh and it, and, and he was still able to go absolutely rapid obviously you know the engine's going to be up at uh, full whack at the end of q3 and uh, and that made the difference for him
0: he afterwards max verstappen because he got caught out by track limits as you just mentioned was not impressed with this he said it made them look like amateurs and uh what was that phrase were you in that press conference with him when he said uh, why don't you take my car and try it Well, okay, I will. And I will stay inside track limits. It'll take me two weeks to get around the track, and I'll keep stalling it, but I won't (laughs) go. But that's the point. Uh, Like Max is saying, you can't stay within the track sometimes. Yeah, if you want to go over the limit. Like, if this was Monaco, if you let Perez get away with going over the white line three times it's a bit like everyone going through swimming pool and then when Perez comes around uh, they just move the barriers back a little bit to give him more room like I know I'm being a little bit facetious but that's the that's the track you have to stay on the track and Max Verstappen did it oh but he did not need that second run in Q3 how competitive do you think the Ferraris are looking because they do line up at the minute second and third on the grid
1: yeah, let's come to Ferrari in a minute. I've just got a few things to say about the track limits debate because uh, yeah, you're right, Martin. I was in that press conference where Max was like, you know, if you think it's easy, you try it, and and he's completely right. And what's interesting here is that, you know, he's obviously gone and say, you know, we look like idiots today, we look like amateurs. Well, I think that's quite a subjective thing, right? I think if people just just treated this as at this track this happens, then it it shouldn't be a big issue, like. It is incredibly difficult what they're trying to do. Like, I've talked before about the compression in that corner, the corner before. Even then, it's very, very hard to judge because of how high speed uh, the cars are going at those points, right? And I have, I have I actually have sympathy for them. These are some of the best drivers in the world. There's always claim that they're the 20 best. I don't think they are the 20 best, but quite a lot of them, they have... The absolute best in Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, uh, you know Fernando Alonso, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris. These are brilliant drivers who are occasionally getting it fractionally wrong, and that's okay. I think that's I think that's fine. I'd ra- I would rather this happened every year than they change the rules to how they used to be, which is what Charles Leclerc was suggesting in the press conference that they should go back to saying, okay, at this corner you're allowed to use the curbs, you can go beyond the white line, but you, if you stay on the curbs, that's the track limit. Now that's what was the case before. 2022 the white line in the regulations in the sporting code it was always that defines the edge of the track but we'll give you exception 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 at track 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 they changed that for 2022 it's not ambiguous anymore it's just the white line if you go over it that's it and that's how it should be and unfortunately at this track it will happen and i think if people stop going oh they're, these drivers you know i mean I, i'll be honest i haven't i haven't even checked social media but i can only imagine the reason why verstappen's getting frustrated like that is the suggestion that these drivers you know, should be doing it better, but they just can't. And that's okay. We just let them get on with it. Look, Verstappen Adjusted, Perez didn't, and a fantastic story emerged. Charles Leclerc. Let's come on to the Ferraris now, because I've ranted enough about track limits and how tedious I find that debate. It's just like, come on, people, be a little bit more sensible, okay? Unfortunately, this track does a lot of track limits penalties. So what? It's 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 something different. Fine, it's like Monaco. It's you know qualifying is 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 what makes that event so spectacular. The race is poor. Okay, that's that's just a one-off. Fine. Here in Austria, we talk about track limits a lot, but. Don't suggest that uh, you know they, if they try harder, they could uh, they could make the make the issue go away. Anyway, on to Ferrari as I promised. Sorry, ranting away here. Um Yes, they absolutely had the pace to threaten pole position. Charles Leclerc suggesting that they made a tiny front wing adjustment ahead of the final runs in Q3, putting too much front wing on, he said, meant he was really struggling in the opening corners and that just cost him a little bit too much time. And it was such a tiny margin to pole position, less than half a tenth of a second. Potentially, this is a pole position that got away from Ferrari. But what I really liked about Leclerc in the press conference, I asked him, you know, you've talked about the opening turns. What about the final turns? He said, well, this is where I was learning all the way through qualifying qualifying. This is where I was trying to improve all the way through qualifying. And he said he just went for it on that last lap. And it looked absolutely ragged, absolutely wild, brilliant, typical Charles Leclerc. And he just came up short. And, you know, fair play for him for having a go because it's been a really you know rough couple of races for him especially in qualifying and you know it, it it builds excitement about what potentially ferrari could do tomorrow you know leclerc is he's he's remaining calm and cautious he's not saying that they're going to threaten red bull in the race but you just never know by by being in in it in qualifying they have a chance which they didn't have in canada
0: and is there a reasonable chance this weekend that uh just forgetting the sprint for a minute uh, that Ferrari could end their year-long drought for a win this weekend
1: it's tricky it's really really tricky I think that you know if if what we saw in Canada plays out that they have made a big uh, step on their uh, race pace um, you know consistency and the tyre wear being better then they could be in with a shout the problem is is that I still don't think Red Bull have ever been pushed so if Ferrari are able to get into a position where they're pushing Red Bull Verstappen's just going to use the pace that's in that car and he should theoretically stay clear stay clear of him you know for I 've got a lot of upgrades here front wing stuff floor stuff they're saying that everything they're adding to the car is to try and make that race pace better so they really are trying I definitely think, uh, based on what Carlos Sainz was saying in the press conference, those changes have uh, stopped the car sliding around so much in the high-speed corners, because I think that was Ferrari's problem in Barcelona. They introduced this new downwash uh, side pod concept, all the changes they made to the to the, to the, to the car there, and the, suddenly they were struggling in high speed and they, and they never used to. That was something, especially in 2022, they were really excellent at. So at least Ferrari has solved that problem. It makes them a real threat to Red Bull, which they already were over one lap. It makes them even more of a threat. Can they catch them in the race? You, you have to say, theoretically on paper, there's no point predicting that because we just know how good the Red Bull is. That said, they were unexpectedly beaten here. You know, the trend had already been set in 2022 that Ferrari is quick in qualifying. Red Bull was quick in the race. And yet, out of nowhere, both Ferraris should have beaten Verstappen in the race last year. Then it didn't because of the reliability problem. So it, anything could happen but I'm reluctant to predict it. What I will say is that Leclerc made an excellent point in the press conference about the sprint race, which is that for this year at the sprint rounds, um, the DRS rules are temporarily, or or sort of, I guess, like a sprint-only change. uh, It's allowed from the end of the first lap, whereas normally it's the start of lap three. So if he can stay within a second of Max Verstappen, That might make a big difference if after one lap Verstappen's only eight tenths in front, DRS could really, uh, really boost Ferrari in the sprint race. If they win that, though, that doesn't set the grid for the Grand Prix. So it's all a bit different. They'd have to do it all over again and wouldn't have that advantage, uh, you know, with the DRS being activated on lap three in the main race.
0: This is where then Red Bull need their second driver. There gets a point where we know Red Bull, well, Max Verstappen's going to be world champion this year. We know Red Bull will win the Constructors' Championship. So when that's that's in the bag, because they're so dominant and no one's catching them quick enough and they're, they're so good, uh, this is where the record books start to come in. If you're someone like Christian Horner, you had a long chat with Christian, one-on-one exclusive chat with him after their, their 100 wins. There is, you know, there is no doubt Red Bull are in rare territory now in formula one and so the record books start to matter and he can't just shrug off their second driver making three consecutive mistakes because of track limits but it's not just three consecutive mistakes it's the fourth race in a row where Sergio Perez driving not just the, the, the dominant car this year but in Max Verstappen's hands so far and away the best car this year if Perez isn't going to be second. So say, okay, so Leclerc has a talent advantage over Perez. And okay, so Hamilton, maybe, you know, Norris has a talent advantage. But the car is so good, he's got to bring it home on the first or second row. And that's the job he can play then, is defense against Ferrari to make sure that they're not going to lose the odd race. Because, you know, then then they can do the clean sweep. They can win all the races in a season and break all of those records. Did, uh, did you hear any more about... What was said about, you know, Sergio Perez, there's all this silliness, isn't there, in the, in the paddock about Daniel Ricciardo showing up saying, oh, I had you know, I've been really strong in the sim and, oh, Nick De Vries is going to get sacked and Ricciardo's in and Perez is going to get sacked and Ricciardo's in. Let's get calmed down a bit. Your serious thoughts on that second Red Bull seat. This is not good enough at the minute.
1: No, I mean, we saw that last summer uh, with it came to the high speed tracks. Perez was, you know, really way too far uh, away, adrift from Verstappen regularly and it it does seem to be happening again I mean the only sort of you know factor you can say sort of defence wise is actually still a criticism is that qualifying keeps going wrong so we can't see exactly um, exactly how we might be able to help Verstappen in races Um, but it just is a pace problem at the high speed tracks he can't live with the rear as Max can. you could see it uh, I stood at uh, at turn ten uh, during during uh, the final corner during the only practice session for this weekend, and Max was just chucking it over the curbs at the apex. Perez couldn't do it because he had to, you know, hang on to the rear a little bit more cautiously and go a little bit slower. So, yeah, that, that's that's the that's the that's the massive difference. Um, so yeah, that's, that that is a big problem for Red Bull, but it also isn't because they are still winning both world championships this year and if Red Bull were to make a move to put a driver theoretically stronger than Perez in they would risk upsetting Max Verstappen so yeah Christian Horner been, he's been talking up Daniel Ricciardo he has been saying how good he's been in the sim he said he's got his mojo back and that was a big thing you know Ricciardo basically said you know I've lost my love for Formula 1 that, that's the reason why I'm not taking, you know, looking at Williams or looking at Haas to try and stick around on the grid, you know, come what may for 2023. So, um, so yeah, I, d- I don't think we're at the point yet where Red Bull are going to risk upsetting Verstappen by making a driver change simply because they don't have to. That just opens them up to the risk of in 2024, another team is right there with them. They've still got Perez in the other car and it cost them a world title. I mean, it cost them a constructor championship in 2021. You know, if, if Perez gets Valtteri Bottas's Hall of Points, Red Bull have got another world title. So, yeah, no, it was his first season there, getting used to a new car. Very, very tricky. But yeah, it already has cost Red Bull something. But the question will be, will they ever move timely enough to, to stop another one being lost? And for the, for the risk of not alienating Verstappen, they probably won't.
0: Absolutely. Well, there's all sorts of silliness being talked about. You know, Alex Albon, maybe he could go back to, you know, to Red Bull. He said, no, I'm more than happy in the Williams. Had that stellar result last time out in seventh. He was running sixth in Q3. He got through to Q3 and did a great time, but it got deleted, so it doesn't really count. But
1: I'm going to jump in there, Martin. Um, in Alex Albon's sort of defense, I guess, um, it wouldn't have made any difference uh, if that lap had stood, like, say, he'd been cleanly through it and he'd done the identical time, he still would have been tenth.
0: Oh well, I, this is why we have you not, and not which, me doing the but, important stuff.
1: Which is not to say, of course, that Alex Albon did a bad job. Uh, you know, it, it, whatever that was, a fantastic effort to get through to Q three. It's just tenth was was the ultimate, and and, that, and that's fair enough.
0: That that is, but still a great result, fantastic. But again, because the likes of George Russell and and Ocon and Piastri and uh, Perez were you know were out, but that. It, he he took his chance. Uh, Lando Norris said ahead of qualifying, "Don't read anything into the big upgrades that we brought here." Uh, I think every surface, every aero surface, but not the front wing, is different on that McLaren. But only that McLaren. Piastri's got the old package; he gets it in Silverstone. Lando had all the new bits, and he said, "Look, it, don't pay any attention to it." And then he put it forth on the grid. He starts second row. So what, you know, what do you know? But actually, the top ten, or the top nine, actually less than a second between them. It was a really great qualifying session today. Uh, Lando Norris ahead of Lewis Hamilton in the first of the Mercedes. And then I've given Lance Stroll a hard time in the the teammate battles. I've given Perez a hard time this year on the podcast. I've given Stroll a hard time uh, because he's been a, a, a country mile off of Alonso. Not today. He finished ahead, uh, not too far ahead, but ahead of Alonso Stroll, and Alonso, uh, and then Nico Hülkenberg. The Haas was strong last year. Remember that radio call from Lewis Hamilton saying, oh, one it's sort of a typical Lewis call, like, oh, they're fast in the straight line, man. Uh, then uh, the Haas was still pretty strong. It was eighth in Nico Hülkenberg's hands uh, today. Pierre Gasly in the Alpine, then Alex Albon we've mentioned. Uh, so who got knocked out? Yeah, Russell Ocon, Piastri, Bottas, and Perez, the, the next, and then uh, Sonoda, Zhou Guan Yu. Uh, Sergeant Kevin Magnuson and Nick DeVries, who is uh, not really hooking up his season, even Helmut Marco coming out and saying, uh, I'm not wrong very often, but Christian Horner said, don't go with Nick DeVries. And I think Christian Horner was right. And it's like, oh, and Helmut Marco saying that in public, you're probably on shaky ground. But there we go. Uh, so that's our podcast for today. Alex, uh, explain how this weekend, the sprint weekend,
1: shapes out now for the rest of Saturday, uh, the grid for tomorrow and and Sunday as well. So we'll have the uh, the quali shootout. I, I, I'm in a slight mind blank, but I'm pretty sure that's the ridiculous terminology F1 came up with for it. Uh, that will be happening at twelve pm local time tomorrow, so eleven am back in the UK. That will set the grid for the sprint race. Uh, that will be a sort of you know standalone. Then Sunday the Grand Prix will be started in the order with which everything you saw today happened. Um, the only the final thing I'll say, Martin, is that Charles Leclerc insisted uh, in the press conference that um, there wasn't a lot to be taken into sprint quali or shootout quality, whatever it's called. Sprint um, shootout. Sprint shootout. I'm sprint just shootout. There we go. I've, there's there's work, there's work. I knew that. I knew that. I knew if I just said enough words like that, I'd eventually hit hit on it. Um, but yeah. Um, basically like I said it's going to rain he claims Ferrari thinks it's going to rain so uh, potentially that might be something a little bit different to watch out for tomorrow thank
0: you so much for joining us today right get back in there and see what happened with that uh, that stewards inquiry with the staff and Alex thank you so much we'll be joined by Hayden tomorrow and then the usual Sunday night uh, review podcast uh, after the Austrian Grand Prix thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next one
1: Podcast Network.